Film Pulse is supported by the kind donations from listeners like you. Please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash filmpulse for just $1 a month and help keep the podcast on the air. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 256. My name is Adam Patterson. Joining me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. How goes it, Kevin? Um, pretty good. Just got back from Chocolate World. Oh, yeah. Oh, Hershey's Chocolate World action, huh? The old Chocolate World. Did you do the ride? The, the uh, classic Chocolate World ride? No, I did not. The line was entirely too long. Well, then what the hell did you do there? I ate a brownie that was probably like 1,200 calories. This fucking yeah, it was... Okay. Yeah. Well, we wanted to do the so ride, but the ride... Mine's too long. Maybe, I don't know. So you went to Chocolate World, and you got a brownie, and then you left. I did, yeah. Yeah. I was there for the gardens, and I just popped off at the old Chocolate World. Oh, okay, okay. So you had other other reasons. To yeah, go. no, I didn't just drive the whole way out just to get a brownie from Chicago World. Fight the crowds, get that brownie. Okay, I attended the uh, the Pride March today. It was great. Lots of people. It was good to see that many people. And I mean, it was like it was like a madhouse, but it was a madhouse in a good kind of way. It was one of the few times that I actually liked to see. A giant crowd mm-hmm. so yeah that was uh, that was a good time when I could see the parade oftentimes I was in an area I mean the, the, the parade route is really long but there's so many people that I was rarely in an, a spot where I could actually see the parade happening mm-hmm. uh, but they do like so we started at the beginning because it actually starts relatively close to our apartment and then we kind of like just followed the parade route like the whole way to the end and then at the end there's like this area that has like stages and live music and like vendors and all kinds of stuff at the end so it was, it was cool hmm. it was good stuff nice. very heartwarming nice. warmed warm the heart this week on the show we'll be talking about uh, Anna Lily Amapur's new movie, The Bad Batch. We'll also be talking about something we've been watching on the watch list. New releases on Blu-ray and VOD. And in theaters, all that fun stuff. Remember, if you want to contact us, you can send us an email at podcastedfilmpulse.net or send me a tweet at filmpulse.net. Uh, let's go ahead and dive right into our review for the day again we're talking about the bad batch this is written and directed by anna lily amapur i have a synopsis here a dystopian love story in a texas wasteland and set in a community of cannibals let me read that again just in case you a dystopian love story in a texas wasteland and set in a community of cannibals (laughs) We need to. We need. What we need to do is start a whole new segment on the show that's just highlighting these IMDb synopsis yeah. Uh, listings. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty fantastic. Why doesn't Why doesn't she go in and edit this? Like, if if it were me, if it were my movie, and I saw like, oh, they put that. But you would somebody put that in. Is this, I'm going to change that. You would think that there would be someone, you know, on the distribution level. You know what I mean? Right. It shouldn't be her responsibility. Yeah, but... There should be an intern somewhere, like an Annapurna Pictures or something like that, that just pops on IMDb and fixes that kind of stuff. Exactly. Like, I feel like I feel like a PR person should should hop on there and uh, just just it, just change that, just change that up because it's in a Texas wasteland and set in a community of cannibals. Yeah. Good stuff. Anyway, <laughs> enough about. Horribly written uh, IMDb summaries. Kevin, we'll start with you. What did you think of the Bad Batch? Uh, let's just uh, hop right off of the synopsis here. Love story? Yeah, I don't know about that. Nope, I disagree with that completely. Is it set in a community of cannibals? Ah, for a short moment of sort time. Sort of. <laughs> There's a couple scenes in, in that community. 
is it in a Texas wasteland? I guess. I don't know if they explicitly ever said that it was Texas. Yeah, it was actually. Was they it? said it at the very it was the very beginning oh, okay. when when they um when she got like thrust into that area. Okay, so one out of three in that short uh synopsis there. Uh I didn't with the bad batch, I wasn't that big of a fan. Gotta say, I was really disappointed. I gotta honest. say, just, just, yeah, just right off, the, right off the bat, uh, this was maybe I, I can't remember if this made it to my most anticipated list of 2017. I, I know it was really up there. I was really, really excited for this one. Yeah, uh, and I gotta say, I, I was also very disappointed with this movie. Uh, I maybe I just didn't know what I was expecting. Like I didn't know what to expect, but I had very high hopes. I was a huge fan of uh, a stranger walks home alone at night or uh, a girl walks home alone at night. I don't know why I said stranger. Um, and this one just, I don't know. It was just a little bit of a, a letdown for me. Yeah. This is, um, I mean, in terms of visuals, there's some good stuff going on here. It's, it, you know, there's, there's flashes of some greatness. Uh, far too often. It just feels like one music video after another. Uh, the script like the dialogue of the script is atrocious. It's just that's it's the, absolutely terrible. That's one of the biggest things I had a, a hard time getting over was the dialogue oh, and how oh, it's so bad. How cringeworthy it was. And maybe it was intended to be sort of cringy, but I don't know. For me, yeah, for me it, it didn't work and I thought that it it, it would have been, performance wise, everything was like so over the top and I was just like, oh, man, I don't know. I think I don't know about all this. I think you know, if if they were able to, if she was able to go the route of just full on experimental and then just make this, you know, barely any dialogue whatsoever, it would have been a lot. It well, it would have definitely benefited. It's interesting because the movie starts out that way, right? Yeah. There's a l- really long stretch of time. I think that there's maybe one word or one line uttered by one of the cannibal members towards the beginning, but for like the first probably 20 minutes of the movie there's no dialogue at all yeah and i was i was digging that i was like okay all right and especially That's... towards the beginning which um when she's in the car and the golf cart's coming up the way they shoot the way she shoots from when uh suki waterhouse is running away from them you know it's kind of mm-hmm. in the slow-mo and the camera's like kind of in the back of the golf cart that looked fantastic and there's a little bit like i said there's little flashes of that where it's just incredible, but yeah, when they, when they start opening their mouths and talking, things go downhill quick. I feel like a lot of things just uh, the the film just kind of meandered too much for me. Like there there was just everything felt a little disjointed, and it was just kind of floating. Well, and I, it well, there's the part of me too because I agree with that, and it kind of seems like it didn't like it had no idea what it was. Like even what its message is or what its plot is, I don't even think it understood its own plot. Right. I mean, because well, according and going to the dystopian love story, this 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 thing, maybe there is some sort of connection that gets formed between uh, Suki Water Waterhouse's character and Jason Momoa's character of Miami Man, but it's it's like it's so unbelievable and so loose and so very shallow that that whole connection that i just don't like nothing i feel like the movie doesn't ride on that on that connection and it's like okay well what's the point of all this what are we what are we moving towards here yeah that's why i was i was kind of surprised to to see that the synopsis is you know love story because even that even if you if you were to like full on believe it 100 percent and buy in to this idea of miami man and Arlen, uh, like what that takes up like five minutes yeah. total screen time out of two hours. And that's another thing. Two hours. This movie's two hours. It doesn't know what the hell it wants to be. doesn't even know what its own plot. Um, the characters aren't developed at all. Whatsoever. They're just like sketches, like sketches of characters. You know how like sometimes if you pick up a play, they'll have a list of characters in the beginning. They'll just say like the name and then kind of mm-hmm. like the relation in the mm-hmm. play itself. Like that's what these people are. They're just that page. Yeah, that which was that was really disappointing to me because from all the trailers and stuff, I was like, oh man, you know, Sookie Waterhouse's character, this this Arlen, she's she's gonna be this like 
badass that's like hell bent on revenge against these cannibals that took her arm and leg and like it's it's just going to be this really cool kind of revenge story in this post-apocalyptic world but it really it really isn't that like her character is much more bland she's sort of just a blank slate like she just kind of goes wherever and does whatever yeah and I, I never know if she even knows what she wants to do uh, in this even, in this situation that she's in. Even the revenge stuff, so she just kind of stumbles upon that. Yeah, she just kind of gets lucky, and she's like, "Yeah, I guess." Just, and I feel like even that, like she doesn't even really follow through with that either. Like she starts off on this revenge thing, but then she's just like, "Fuck it, done." You know, whatever. Yeah, I don't. It's very bizarre. Like you, I did like a lot of the. The cinematography in this, I thought that a lot of the shots were really good. A lot, of, I thought a lot of the sequences were really cool. I mean, I liked the the intro sequence when they first go to the cannibal um, village when they're when all the dudes are working out. Uh, I liked the I liked the sequence when they the dust storm got kicked up and they had to and Jason Momoa covered him up with the sheet. I thought that, that looked cool. I liked. I like the look of a lot of the like the um what was the what was the other town called it was called Comfort yeah Comfort I liked I liked the, the look of that I mean it's pretty typical of a movie like a a, a dystopian future movie where yeah. it's just everything looks old and worn out uh, but I like that aesthetic to begin with so I, did like, I was kind of on board with it I think the two the two main things that I thoroughly enjoyed was um just the look of jimmy's giant uh boom box yeah i thought that was really cool djs have i thought that was great and uh the some of the stuff going on with uh when she was uh, having her drug trip although that it was almost completely negated by her talking (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah i i do wanna i do want to get into the performances of this movie a little bit because i thought that they were all like pretty pretty bad like jason momoa with his weird accent and i'm so confused by a lot of the choices in this movie Sookie Waterhouse's accent didn't do it for me. Diego Luna as Jimmy, he did not have a single line. Jim Carrey, not a single line. Yeah, now, the Diego Luna one's the one that confused me the most. Because I was like, do you... Does it have to be Diego Luna? Because they barely no. even showed him, too. I, I yeah, because uh, I didn't know he was in this movie, but then when they showed him the first time, I was like, I think that's Diego Luna. And then they show him again, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it is. But I wasn't entirely positive until i looked at the cast list yeah and then even giovanni rabisi's yeah there, his his character is absolutely pointless I, like i was questioning why he was even in it at all and not only that but when he first shows up i don't know about you but i like the sound mixing on if you know him kind of like walking through i guess like the main drag of comfort or whatever and just saying like mm-hmm. it just sounded it just didn't mix right. It sounded terrible. Yeah. Ugh, the fuck is going on in the Bad Batch? I don't know. I really don't know. Jason Momoa's doing the Cuban apps. <laughs> yeah, that did not work. Oh, God. That just... Miami, man. So, so much of this didn't didn't work for me. It felt like... I don't know. It felt like Mad Max meets spring breakers or something but just not not at all in a good way like pulling the worst parts of all of those movies yeah there's just and i didn't like when keanu reeves shows up and i like i don't know if his whole character is supposed to be like you know she's kind of trying to go for like some sort of deep insight or you know like some profound meaning he's the dream (laughs) he's the dream it's like so fucking pointless and he's just when, oh god when fucking Arlen shows up at the end he goes on his whole spiel about like where does their poop go from their toilets where do the toilets take it <laughs> <laughs> is this supposed to be a comedy let me check real quick up at the top no it doesn't say comedy <laughs> this is romance <laughs> I like how the for the first genres listed in the Bad Batches of Romance. And sci-fi. Okay. 
I'll give it. I'll give it sci-fi. Yes. Sort of. I'll give it that. Sure. Romance, no, I'm not going to give it romance. I thought that, I mean, even the moments of conflict were so muted for me. Like the when she's getting the kid back from the dream, just that, that whole thing. I was like, oh, man, we're doing something here. But the way that that ends, is just, it's just it's kind of ends with more of a whimper than yeah. and a I, roar, you know? And I was even kind of like, did she even just ask for the kid? You know what I mean? Like, she went straight to, like, holding him up. Couldn't she just be like, hey, can I have that kid back? Yeah, because he seems like the kind of guy to be like, oh, okay. Well, the only reason that we have the kid in the first place is because we didn't know who the kid belonged to. So we just took took her in, you know? We were just taking care of her. You know what I mean? It's like, did you try asking for the kid back? I mean, I think I would have started there before, you know, to hold up the place. I don't know. I mean, and then that that whole thing just... So I'm supposed to forget that Arlen killed that kid's mom, and like apparently, kid just like forgot that 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 she killed her mom, and now they're gonna be a big happy family. All of a sudden, they're just completely invested. Even though Arlen didn't couldn't give two shits about this kid, no, right. all of a sudden she's like, oh, I want to reform this cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Yeah, it it just didn't didn't work for me either. It's unfortunate. I I had really high hopes for it. This is probably one of the most disappointed <laughs> movie experiences I've had this year, actually. I and mean, it's not like it's absolutely an atrocity or anything like that. It's just that I I was really no. excited for it, and it and it's I felt like it let me down. And it's interesting too because for me, like when I was watching it, you know, I I was able to hold on enough. Because of the visuals, right? Because even even in the midst of watching the film, you know, the the dialogue is just it's so atrocious. You you just know. I dug the soundtrack too. Yeah, and I mean that's what I mean. It's kind of like a a, a music video snippet, and then another music mm-hmm. video, and then another music video, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this works. Except when they open their mouths and like deliver lines, then it gets terrible. Um, but. Again, it's one of those those instances where, like, when you you're kind of like removed from it, you kind of distance yourself from it, and you kind of like as we are now discussing it, you, you know, what I mean, you start dissecting it a little bit more, and it's just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I also say I thought they did a really good job with the um, arm and leg visual effects, like the VFX yeah, on that. Yeah, they do. Look I good. thought that that. That looked really good. Um, I mean, we've been seeing that for a, a while now, but it's been a while since I've seen that look so because it was such a prominent thing in the movie, and I thought that they did a really good job with that. It looked very real. Yeah. But yeah. Other than that, it's a, definitely a, but, definitely a disappointment. Well, there's so many things that I just don't understand. Like when the dream at the end is kind of talking about like this is this is the economy of comfort, and I'm thinking, well, how do ever how does everyone else in comfort make money? Or is this like a bartering system? Like, how do they get the? Because when he, they showed him getting the drugs, they were just kind of lined up and they were just getting fed drugs. Yeah, I, I don't know. But then there were other people that were selling, like they were selling the rabbits, they were selling other goods. I know, but are they so, just trading? Is it a bartering thing, or is there an actual currency? I, I thought that they showed. They did show her buying, like she bought the rabbit, didn't she? Like with actual with money. Maybe she did. Well, I know Jim Carrey's character, the hermit or whatever you want to call him. I know that he like like he had money because he was throwing it in, you know, to, to keep his fire going. Right. But it, I, don't I don't know. know. I, I would think that it'd be more of a barter system because isn't this basically like a uh, an escape from New York situation where there's just an area of the country is yeah, it's just it's, sectioned off as a as a prison colony sort of yeah right? and it's just kind of like hey you're the undesirables so it's lawless you guys just figure it out and just stay out of what we got going on here and you know but the civilized world yeah yeah it's just i don't know and like the cannibal thing just i don't know can you survive on just eating people i would think not Mm, I don't think so. I mean, I think you would still I need other... I mean, yeah, I know you're probably getting some protein, but I don't think you could be bodybuilders. Oh, yeah. 
And where are they getting all this water from? They all seem to have a decent amount of water. They all got jugs of water. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that. I mean, I don't know if they send in supply drops or anything. Mm, maybe. To, because they have to, because I mean they're out in the desert, so you'd think that they would have to supply them with at least staples, you know, basic needs like water and stuff. But you would think if you're letting them get to cannibalism, are you <laughs> are you still invested? Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you got to drop off this water for these cannibals. Uh, maybe there's wells and stuff that they have set up. Maybe. I don't know. Because, I mean, it does rain sometimes out there, and maybe they... I don't know, man. This is a world that they didn't really get into it too much and how the logistics of this world work. They just wanted you to buy in and just be swept away by the love story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Miami, man. All right. Just live it happily ever after. After they slaughter that rabbit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's that's exactly that's exactly what it was. I just imagine like as soon as the credits start rolling, that the girl just looks over and like, Dad, she's the one that killed Mom, and then she dies immediately. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the extended version. Yeah, I, I would think... You would think that that would come up. It's going to come up at some time. point. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's the Bad Batch. Uh, what are you going to give this one out of 10? Man, I don't know. Like, when before before we started this, I was kind of thinking like a four and a half. But now, like, talking about it, you know what I mean? Like, hashing it out with somebody? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, there's only some visuals that I like, really. I'm going to give it like a, like a three. Mm-hmm. Three out of ten. That's uh yeah. That's harsh. That's a little. That's a little rough, man. It's I'm rough. gonna go. For me, it's gonna be a four point five. Four point five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's to see. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. But like for me, it was just kind of right, almost right down the middle. But man, I just had a difficult time with it. Yeah, it just it wasn't for me, which was a big surprise because I normally gravitate towards these types of movies, and I'm a big fan of the director so i don't know it's just uh it was just a miss for me unfortunately yeah i, I hear you all right let's move on talk about some of what we've been watching i think i'll start it off this week uh we skipped a couple weeks so or we skipped last week rather so i got a i got a number of things i'll try to trim it down uh, i saw a movie called desolation okay starting off with a generic horror movie that is not out yet so i don't even know why i'm talking about it honestly but it's where I chose to start. This is a screening. It was screening at the LA Film Festival. Um, so thought I'd give it a look. It's a slasher movie, but it's it only has really three characters, like three main characters, and then a killer. So it's just a, it's a cast of four people, and it's about this um, the mother and son and her best friend. They head into the woods to sort of um, honor her the the mom's the husband the dad who recently passed away they go there to scatter his ashes he was a big hiker and while they're there they start to get they realize that they're being stalked by a man who i don't know what his deal is but he's out there stalking them and it's it's just this incredibly boring slasher movie that is it literally I checked the time code because I was like, what is going on here? It takes 41 minutes for anything to happen in this movie. So the first 41 minutes of the film are complete buildup and character development. And I'm putting character development in air quotes at this point because these are the like most generic characters ever. They're just, they're just, they're just so blank and boring and vanilla but they they decide to spend 41 minutes trying to develop the backstory, which they, they really don't even do. Like, cause I, I, it's still never really clear who the guy, who the dad was. And all we know is that he was into hiking and that's it. And this one spot was his favorite spot. So there's just, I don't know why they spent so much time 
building this up if it really wasn't going to go anywhere. And even after that 40-minute mark when the the killer guy decides to strike, it just is so generic and bland where it goes. Like, it's all just so unoriginal. And I, it's got a cool poster. I'll give it that. And, like, the opening titles were cool, but... Man, it was just not not for me. I mm. I don't know what was going on in this movie. Not a fan of it. Mm. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it's called Desolation. It's not out yet, so I would uh I don't know. It's probably gonna be out at some point. I'm not sure if it has a distributor just yet. Okay. Um I I ended up uh I kinda of talked about it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. I don't know how long back. But I ended up having to watch it back from the beginning because I was so far removed from finishing it. And that's Tekken King Crete from uh, mm-hmm. Michael Arias from 2006, this anime. Oh, my goodness. It was know. so funny because you mentioned thing. it. You mentioned it on the show. And I was like, oh, I'm going to look this up. And I'm like, what do you say Tekken King Crete? And I, and I had no idea, like really what you said or how to spell what you said. So I was just trying, I was like going over it in my head over and over like Tekken concrete. Is that one word? Like what, what is this? So I, what I ended up doing was you, you mentioned that you said black and white. So I typed in black and white anime and it was the first one that showed up. Have you seen this then? No, do you know know of it? I, I know I'm, I read up on it. Okay. So, but I haven't watched it yet. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. Um, the animation is great. I love the storyline. Um, the The number one thing that I loved about it is it's kind of has this, you know, black and white, or these two kids that are kind of they kind of run their their town, right? They kind of run out people with they try and come in and take over and this and that. And uh, so these yakuza come in and try and take over. So. Black starts to kind of like fight back. And then out of nowhere, it kind of just takes this, you know, it just kind of like introduces this like completely sci-fi fantasy element to it where these like aliens or I don't even know if they're aliens. They're just like some sort of robot creature things that are like deployed to kill the kids. And then everything just gets fucking insane from there. And it's just like it's it's just insane. And I love it. The the artwork I thoroughly enjoyed, but it also has a nice mix too, where it has like the normal, you know, where you kind of see if you're looking at the poster or whatever. That's like the majority of the artwork. But mm-hmm. the the kid white, he kind of has these like visions of it, like an apple tree growing. So when it turns to that, that animation is kind of like a like a watercolor type animation. And then there's uh an instance towards the end where Black's like trying to fight off like his dark side and it takes this kind of like crayon centric animation to it. So, I mean, it it has a number of different styles and it's just, to me, everything worked for me. I was just, I was completely sold. I was totally into it. I need, and honestly, I need to find more stuff like this. Cool. Yeah. I mean, finding... There's, there's so much anime out there. There's just a sea of anime and really kind of whittling it down and finding the ones that speak to you are, I think, are really tough. And that's the thing where I'm, tough. I'm trying to, I want, where it's kind of like a magical realism thing where, like, for the most part, it's realistic and, you know what I mean? But, and then it just kind of has, like, these little elements where it's, like, complete fantasy. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, like, no one thinks it's weird. It's just totally normal that this is popping up like a uh, paranoia agent. Right. I mean, that, that was kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which just, it's not overrun with fantasy. It's just mm-hmm. like that mixture of it. I like, yeah, I like anime that has a more grounded setting, preferably one that takes place in modern times. Yeah. Unless, uh, like unless, unless on you're going, earth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're going like full on ape shit. Crazy. Then I'll, I'll, I'll I'll sign up for that too. Sure, there's always exceptions. Like I, I really want to rewatch all of Cowboy Bebop because that's one series that I haven't, I haven't seen all of those, and I want to kind of go back and watch 
watch those because that, mm-hmm. yeah. that show is just that would be a good one the other thing that i thought of while watching this is that i really want to rewatch all the fully coolies yeah well that's a short series so you can easily watch yeah. those god did i love that and I, I feel like with cowboy bebop you can almost just watch the cowboy bebop movie and that'll like because the movie was great uh that that would kind of quell that uh all right that's Tekken concrete good stuff i'll have to check that out uh let's see i saw the big sick oh yeah yeah this is the uh the one that uh, just came out this weekend actually directed by michael showalter which is interesting because his it's not like a big uh it's kind of they kind of keep that on the dl that it's directed by him i feel like they don't really put that front and center i mean they mostly promote that it's written by uh kumail ninjani yeah. From uh, he's from Silicon Valley and all all kinds of great stuff. He's a fantastic comedian. I love pretty much everything he's in. It's written by him and his um, girlfriend, and it's basically it's about it's autobiographical. It's about their their lives, and it's a uh, it's a rom com, but done in the best way possible. Like it is the best version of a romantic comedy that you can have, where it is absolutely hysterically funny but also very touching at the same time there's a lot of you know it's it, it's kind of tugging at your heartstrings but in a very um a very earnest way that doesn't feel manipulative or uh cheesy or ham-fisted mm-hmm. it's it's really really well done and if you're not familiar it's it tells the story of basically how he meets his girlfriend and then they they sort of break up but then she gets very sick she gets this kind of mysterious illness that puts her in the hospital and they have to put her in a medically induced coma and during this time he sort of reevaluates the relationship and how he views how relationships should be because he's in this very kind of strict um pakistani family who they, they do arranged marriages and everything. And he's just trying to grapple with the idea of him going against his parents' wishes and not going along with this arranged marriage thing and, you know, dating a, a, a white girl and all of this stuff. So there's, there's a lot of layers to the movie. Cause he's also during this time getting to know her parents and uh, her parents are played by Ray Romano and Holly Hunter. They're fantastic. And, they they have their own little quirky eccentricities about them too, and Ray Romano is hilarious, and actually Holly Hunter is too. Um, but yeah, it's a great cast. Uh, it's bolstered by really f- smart, funny dialogue, and it's it was probably it's probably going to be one of the best comedies of the year. So I would highly recommend checking it out as soon as you can. It's called The Big Sick. Hmm. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It's got. It's got a little bit of everything in it, so highly recommend. You get to test run all those feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have watched Miss Sloan. Oh, okay. The, the uh, Jessica Chastain one. Yeah, the Jessica Chastain vehicle. Um, ten minutes into this, I hated it. <laughs> it's just, it is the exact opposite of what I'm looking for in a film. It is... If you could gather up everything that I don't want to see a movie to be, that's what Miss Sloan is. It's just a bunch of people fast talking and just talking and talking and talking. And then they're in like somewhat dim lit rooms talking and then they're walking somewhere and they're talking and all their conversations are very precise and very well curated and just quick, 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 just rapid fire. And it's just so fucking pointless as a film. It's just something that shouldn't exist as a film. Like if it was a book, yeah, probably be a good book. Miss Lynn would probably be a good book. I don't even know. Maybe it's based on a book. I don't know. Um, maybe as a as a play, that would work well. But as a film, it no. Uh-uh. And it's not even like all the performances are good. All right, they're good performances. It's just, it's not my thing at all. It's just everything that, you know, that goes against what I want cinema to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. 
This one, yeah, this one didn't interest me from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I was like, nah, I'm not going to give that a look. It's it's a rough one. Hmm, that's unfortunate. Saw so Okja. I think we'll we'll be we'll probably be reviewing this uh, next weekend. Yeah, I think it comes out next weekend. So, yeah, well, I'm not gonna. I'll save my thoughts uh, for for that. But I will say it's coming to Netflix on Friday. So what I will say is you should probably watch it. So we'll talk about it in more detail on Friday. But yeah, definitely check out Bong Joon Ho's Okja. It looks like a looks like a hippo puppy. Oh my god, it's so adorable. <laughs> oh my god. It is so adorable. <laughs> uh, what else do you watch since you, you know? Oh, okay. Much well, I saw, the, I, I, I saw the Little Hours. The Little Hours? This is the, yeah, this is the Jeff Banna. Banna? One? The one with uh, Allison Brie and Dave Franco and Aubrey Plaza. They're nuns. Oh, okay. John C. Riley, Molly Shannon, Fred Armisen. Okay. When it when did it is this out? No, this is not out yet. Oh, okay. It comes out on Friday, I think. Gotcha. It, it um premiered at Sundance this year and it's coming out Friday. Basically it's <laughs> it's about uh a set of nuns that live in a convent who are they are they're not good nuns. They are bad, bad, bad nuns. Okay. And this guy, Dave Franco plays this guy who is, he's a servant boy working for um, this, I don't know what he is, some sort of like nobleman. And who, who the nobleman's played by Nick Offerman. And he ends up sleeping with the guy's wife and gets caught. And he has to flee, so he flees to this convent where he then takes refuge and becomes this servant and he pretends to be deaf and mute uh because john c Riley tells him he's like these nuns are violent like they they will they will hurt you they will become violent so he has to become he has to pretend he's deaf and mute and they instantly kind of lust over him and start to mess with him and try to hook up with him and stuff and it's it's uh it's ridiculous the the way that they do is they they shoot it the film shot like kind of um, kind of like an older film. It, it looks like this kind of uh, artsy fartsy period piece mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, but then all of the dialogue is modern. Mm-hmm. So the the way that they speak uh, is it's all modern dialogue. So there's you know they that's kind of the joke, right? They yeah, sort of like. Um, what was that one that came out? I think was it David Gordon Green that directed it. Your Highness, because that yeah. was the first thing I thought of. It was like the knights. Yeah, and they're smoking weed. But it's not like it's not that egregious. Like this, they they speak in in a modern vernacular, but they don't like it's. They're still well within the time period, but it's still. Uh, I, I thought it was really funny. It made me laugh on multiple occasions uh i think we'll probably have a full review for this up on the site later this week it wasn't amazing but it did make me laugh quite a bit it is kind of my style of comedy it's very dark a lot darker than i expected but uh fred armison was really funny he plays like the was it cardinal and when he's going over their sins and one of them was eating blood (laughs) (laughs) but uh it's yeah, it's that, it's pretty is, fun. Is that a sin? I, I, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, according gets, to him, I guess. I don't know if it ever gets that specific, though. I, I don't know. This is the same guy that did Life After Beth and Joshi. Oh, okay. uh, I really didn't. I really didn't like Life After Beth, but I did like Joshi. And this was, I don't know, maybe in the middle for me. The middle ground. Yeah, but at any rate, I would recommend checking it out. It's called the Little Hours. You're into some uh, kind of raunchy fun. Mm-hmm. Sounds like uh, something for Ryan. Yeah, I think Ryan would like it. I think because he likes that another period uh, show on Comedy Central, which is, you know, it's kind of a s- similar idea where it's uh, another period is like taking the piss out of period pieces and mm-hmm. making it kind of raunchy and modern. 
again, this is done in a more, it's not tasteful, but it's done in a more authentic way. Gotcha. All right. Anything else on your list? Uh, I watched uh, uh, a one of those um, like middle ground between feature and short. It's about 40 minutes long. This is from uh, Christopher Jason Bell. It's called Left. And um, this is one of those like stealth experimental films. Um, because one of the services, like it, when you go through and watch it, it's just, it's kind of, um, you get the sense that it's done guerrilla style, where it's just her at an airport, right? And she's kind of, um, this woman's kind of in between where she's, she's stuck at the airport. She doesn't have money to get a ticket to leave. But she's also trying to stay away from someone. So she's trying to secure like a place to stay. So in the interim, she's just kind of lost in the airport. So she's just kind of wandering around trying to figure out what the hell to do. So she's kind of just stuck there for the time being. Um, This is, uh, from what I could gather, it seems like it's just a single take, 40 minute single take where it's just camera following her around. And they're just, you know, kind of making the best of it to make this film kind of DIY style, right? Um, <clears throat> there's barely any dialogue to speak of, except for, you know, she occasionally makes a, a phone call here and there to try and, you know, work something out to try and find a place to stay. Um, and yeah, that like, that's the gist of it, right? Like that's, and it all plays out in real time. So like, there's at one point in time where she stops to get McDonald's and it's just, it's her in line waiting to get to order McDonald's and she orders McDonald's and then she goes and finds a place to sit. She slurps on a McFlurry. She eats her French fries and she leaves. But what struck me and what I, what I found interesting to this is number one, the, the stealth experimental nature to it. Um, the fact that the, like the narrative is so minimal yet it works and the main thing for me, which I, which was really really interesting with me, was the, the what the what the the role the camera is in this short feature, whatever you want to call it, where it's essentially kind of like showing you what she's going through, you know, and it's kind of like a connection to her and what she's what she's currently in the midst of, but at the same time, the camera kind of also plays this role of the person that she's trying to get away from where she's just constantly being followed wherever she goes mm-hmm. and kind of the stress of that. So it's, it's not out yet. This was, I, you know, wrote a uh, review for, for future reference. So, but when it does become available, it's something that I would, uh, I would recommend checking out. Okay. Very cool. What's this called again? It's called left, left, left. Check it out. Yeah. Check that out. Definitely. I like these kind of guerrilla style. I feel like we don't have a lot of those. I mean, we had, was it Escape from Tomorrow? Was that the the Disney one? Yeah, I forget what the name of it. It's called. I think it's called Escape from Tomorrow. We had that one, which I thought was a really good idea. I thought the the movie itself was pretty pretty poorly made, but that's kind of a, a cool idea. And for some reason, I'm reminded it has really nothing to do with the movie you mentioned and it really wasn't grilled this style, but I, n- I never talked, I never, t- I never asked you if you heard of this movie that, uh, called fraud. It came out last year. The one that's directed by Dean Fleischer camp. So the one where it's VHS footage, home movie footage of a family that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is like perpetuating this in-, in crazy amount of like fraud, but it's not like, it's not, actually that but the way that it's cut and edited together it gives it that kind of vibe mm-hmm. like i really want to see i like, really want to see that doesn't he create that out of right yeah he creates it out of home movies he i guess found on youtube it's fantastic because that's really interesting too where you think, right is that actually like see actually a director or just an editor in nah, that sense? i don't i don't know because like, do you know what I mean? Like, is he actually creating any? What, of this? what is? Yeah, like, what is he directing at this point? Maybe he's not editing. Maybe he's directing the editor. Oh my god! Maybe, maybe that's the point he's trying to make, where the editor is the real director. Oh my god! Oh shit! And he's saying it's called fraud because directors are fraud. Oh my oh, god! Jesus Christ! Just broke it open. 
we're, we're falling down a rabbit hole. <laughs> no, but to get back to that, yeah, I do want to see that. <laughs> I've been trying to get a get a hold of it, but I haven't been able to find it. You can't get it in your grasp. No, I I think it was like playing here at some point, and I missed it, and mm. and now I don't know who to talk to about it. I would maybe talk to uh, Dean Fleischer at camp. Yeah, maybe I'll just reach out to him directly and hit him up. Because I, I, I really do want to see this thing. It looks it looks really interesting. Yeah, it does. Anyway, anything else you want to talk about this on your watch list this week? Uh, no, I got um, I got sucked into Twin Peaks. Oh yeah, where are you, where are you at? Set. So you, you started Twin Peaks from season one, right? Where from where are you one. at? Where do How you far think are you I into am? it? Where do you Where think do I, I'm taking it? I think you're on like probably episode four. <laughs> I finished episode three last night. <laughs> there we go. There yeah. we go. I am I'm in the midst of this is really difficult because I want to devour these things. Like I'm obsessed with Twin Peaks right now where I just want to any, any moment of the day, I just want to watch Twin Peaks, right? But I'm also trying not to blow through these. So I'm trying to take my time and I'm trying to like savor them. And man, is it paying off. What's a lot of episodes to go through, right? I mean, this is... Yeah, uh, I I learned that um, This was a CBS show, so it was like, there were a lot of episodes. Yeah, I didn't realize, because I knew that the first season was eight episodes, right? So I figured that the second season was probably like close to the same, maybe a little bit more, because it's the second season, you pick it up more. But it, the second season is 22 episodes. Yeah. So, and I, didn't, the, I didn't know that. And the new season is going to be 18 episodes. Lord have mercy. Oh, my God. Ah. See, this is this is why you need to hurry up and get caught up because there's so much I want to talk about with the new season. There's just there's so much going on, and it's just like eating away at me that I, that I can't discuss it with you it's so good well, oh my god and there was a couple things there was there's two things that i was going to do i was going to wait until this new season is over and i was going to start at the end of the third season and work my way back to the beginning mm. and then i also thought of doing watch the first episode and then watch the very last episode and then watch the second episode and then the second to last episode but that, that sounds like it would be Mind melting. Like, yeah, I think that and that's kind of re- that would be really confusing. I think it's, it's kind of what I want. I want to just melt my face off. We also have to watch Firewalk with me. Yeah, if you wanted which, to, and this is. I'm glad you brought that up because I I do want to know this. Where where do it's I watch before that? you watch it first? So oh, you already fucked it. up. <laughs> damn it! Firewalk with me. You watch first. Well, I mean. Yeah, because technically it does take place before the f- the first season. But if you watch it last, like if you watch it, because chronologically, like when they were actually released, Firewalk with Me was released after the second season ended. Okay, but so you can watch it after you finish the second season, and it'll just feel like a prequel to you. Like yeah, it, yeah. it'll answer some questions and give you some more backstory because the whole because Firewalk with Me all takes place before the murder okay. so yeah yeah the, the laura palmer's still alive and it it is all about the weeks that lead up to her murder okay well yeah maybe i'll just do it the way that you know is essentially attended. yeah it's not gonna it's not gonna like you're not gonna gain anything from watching it first yeah versus after so it's, it's not a big deal but man i, I, it, I it's cra- it's crazy to me that there's i mean i, I don't know if you looked into the new season at all, at least like who's in it, like the amount of people, it seems like there's a lot of in it. It's unbelievable. Like seriously, almost every episode it's somebody new who I'm like, Holy shit. I mean, they got, I mean, not only did they get everybody from the original series, like everybody, even the minor characters that had like three lines, um, they got like, a lot of like really like Michael Sarah's in it and just like just it's crazy like Tom Sizemore's in it <laughs> they just got so many people involved and they got musical performances too every episode ends with like a musical performance which is interesting hmm. I didn't know that yeah huh it's a it's kind of a cool thing that they do at the end okay it, now 
I don't mean to be rude or anything, but let's hurry this the fuck up because I want to watch some Twin Peaks. <laughs> the, see, that's the problem. Like, I just, I just want to watch Twin Peaks now. Like, I don't want to watch movies. Yeah, there's, there's so much. I've been no, watching. No offense want, to movies, but no, I completely understand because I, I wanted to watch. I wanted to go see The Beguiled uh, this weekend, and I ended up watching Glow on Netflix instead. <laughs> so. I'm 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 right there with you. Did it, did it fill the the hole of beguiled? No, I still want to see the beguiled. I do. I want to see that too. Yeah, I still I still want to see it. I might even go see it tonight. I don't know. All right, let's talk about what's coming out next week in theaters. We got Baby Driver. This is a biggie, yeah, new yeah, Edgar yeah. Wright vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, really excited about this one. Are you uh, Are you excited? Are you feeling it? You feeling the Baby Driver? Um, yes and no. I mean, I'm kind of excited, but I'm not. I'm not as excited as I usually am for his movies. I don't know why. You know, I felt the same way at first with the like when the first trailer for this was released. I'm like, oh, it looks it looks cool, but I just I don't know if I'm f- feeling this as much as his other movies. But then I started reading a little bit more about what this movie is, and I think that it's gonna be different significantly different than what the trailers are making it out to be like in the trailers it seems like kind of a generic you know driver like transporter-esque movie where he's just he's a driver he's he's like a badass driver yeah but uh i think that it's going to be a lot i think it's going to be a lot more stylish than that like from what i understand people are like calling this a musical so i'm i'm kind of interested in that that's what that's what Mm -hmm. has me hooked and i've been very careful because like everybody's touting the soundtrack of this. Everybody's talking about the soundtrack and there's like Spotify playlists and they're releasing it on vinyl and all this stuff. And I've been very, very mindful as to not look at anything that's on this soundtrack. So I want to be in the moment. I want to be like, Oh shit, they're playing that song. Yeah. I think the other so. thing that makes me not excited is the, you know, the lead character being Ansel Elgort. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm, Elgort. I don't know about that. I, I guess we'll see. I just, he, he's another, another in a long line of just bland white males. Is he British? I don't he sounds know. British. I, he, I mean, with a name like that, it, it does sound. I mean, he, he's got to be because you, you hate him so much. So let's, let's see if we can add him to <laughs> Kevin's list of hated British hated actors. Brits. You have your kids and I have the, the pasty Brits. <laughs> Damn it. He's... New York, damn it! He was born in New York. Even worse. Shit. Well, Even I'm worse. really looking forward to it. Um, this weekend, this upcoming weekend, uh, the Alamo Draft House here in New York is doing a special presentation of it, where um, Kid Koala is. No, Kid Koala <laughs> is doing doing a musical performance afterwards. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, Kid Koala actually does the music in this movie. Oh shit! Now I am a little more excited. Yeah, so okay, uh, I I'm gonna try to snag tickets to that. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it, but uh, all right. What else we got here? Okja is coming out, as we mentioned. That's gonna be on Netflix on Friday. Highly recommend that. I'm sure we'll be reviewing it. Uh, Bong Joon Ho, the guy who did Snowpiercer on uh, the host. Man, the host was so good. That's like the, that's the one. I still haven't seen that one. Like, I was thinking about it while I was watching Okja, because there's a lot of similarities between the two. And I was thinking, like, The Host is seriously one of the best monster movies I've ever seen. Like, big, like, giant monster movies. It's the best. It's one of the best. Like, I can go back and rewatch that one over and over, and it's still so enjoyable and so well made. And I will talk about Okja, but I feel pretty much the same way about that. We also have Despicable Me 3. Thank you. Yeah, forget that. I think I'm one of the few people that absolutely, maybe not the few people, because the minions are like a popular thing, but I can't stand them. I think they're the most annoying, no, I think that, yeah, yeah, horrible things. I can tell you right now that you are not the only one that hates the minions. Plenty of people. A lot of people like them, and I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't think they're cute or funny. I think they're annoying and stupid. Definitely. Yes, I would agree with that. The House comes out. This is the Will Ferrell, Amy Poehler comedy where they play a husband and wife who are who set up an illegal casino in their house. Oh, man. 
I have a feeling comedy ensues. That's not going to work out at all. Nope. The movie's not going to work out either. No, it's not. <laughs> Something tells me that one's not going to be very good. Uh, the Little Hours, as I mentioned, I would uh, recommend checking that one out. 13 Minutes. I heard good things about this one. Uh, we got a screener for that like ages ago, and I never got around to checking it out. Hmm. 222. A, uh, I think it's some kind of sci-fi movie. Doesn't look great. Uh, the B-Side, Elsa Dorfman's Portrait. It's the... Uh, didn't we already mention this? I feel like we <laughs> yeah, mentioned... I'm pretty sure we did. Isn't that yeah. Errol Morris? Yeah, the Errol Morris one. I think we mentioned that a couple weeks ago. Maybe it's releasing in other theaters or something. Inconceivable. Uh, Nicholas Cage. Oh, yeah. I, saw, I, I just saw a trailer for this this weekend, actually. Looks really bad. Really bad. Really? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Like, basically... Nicolas Cage and Gina Gershon are trying to have a child and they get a surrogate. But this, this woman in the middle here is like obsessed with them. And she like wants to, she wants like their kids to be her kids. And so she ends up killing the surrogate. And then I guess maybe trying to become the surrogate herself. And it's just a whole thing. Yeah. It sounds like it's going to be a whole thing. Yeah. Darkness Rising is a horror movie. Uh, it's probably not going to be great. It's got a cool poster. I'll give it that. Uh, the Reagan Show. I heard good things about The Reagan Show. Might check that out. Documentary. Uh, look and see a portrait of Wendell Berry. Uh, the Skyjacker's Tale. These are all documentaries. Malib- uh, Molly Blues. Mm-hmm. I almost said Malibu Blues. <laughs> Don't know why, just how I read it. Just run those words together. Yeah. Yep. On VOD next week, we got Deconstructing Danny Garcia, mm. Okja, and mm-hmm. 222, and okay. Darkness Rising. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll probably give Darkness Rising a look if I have time. Might be, might be worth a quick look. I'm always in, in the market for some... Passable yeah. horror movies. Blu-ray next week. Be, what are your expectations going on? Do you think it's going to oh, be Oh, well, it'll be low. I saw a trailer for it, but I already forgot <laughs> what it's all about. Again, I'll say it's got a cool-looking poster, but, yeah, that doesn't mean much. All right, next week on Blu-ray, we have The Autopsy of Jane Doe. That was a surprise for me. That ended up being one of my favorite horror movies of last year. One of the, Definitely one of the best horror movies of last year. It's really surprising. And how good that one is. That's the one with Emil Hirsch. And, um... Ah, oh shit. Who's in it? Who's, who's the who's the dad? Brian Cox. Mm. Really cool. Uh, let me get, let's see what we got. Power Rangers. That's the new one. New Power Rangers. Let's quick turn around on that. I thought that was still in theaters. Yeah, really? Uh, uh, some movie called Crossing Point. We got one called Paradox. Sunchoke. Joke. Yeah, I think we uh, we reviewed that, didn't we? Wasn't that like two years ago? Yeah, we reviewed it a while ago. It was not that good. No. Disappointed. Yeah, I don't even remember anything about it, honestly. Like, I that remember was, that was almost just last nothing. Year. That was last year. Was it? Yeah. It, I, I really like honestly. I remember. I remember nothing. Like if you started describing it to me, I would it would come back to me. But as of right now. I I know who's in it, and that's it. Like the the one girl from, uh, she was in like a sitcom or something when she was a kid. You don't even know. You don't even know who's in it. It was a, she was in that. Sa- was it Sam and Moss or something? She was in that other indie movie. Oh okay. I just know. Isn't she the woman from uh, Freaks and Geeks? Yeah. And Barbara Crampton's in this too. That's the only thing I remembered is that it was Barbara Crampton was in it. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, it's coming out on Blu-ray. Okay. Uh, whole whole bunch of anime is coming out. Kill Ratio. Okay. Generic action title. Chips. That's the new one. Train Spotting Two. I'd recommend checking that one out, especially if you were a fan of the original. Vestron is releasing the Unholy from 1988, 
we'll have a review for that one up on the site uh, probably as you're what? listening to this. I like I'm I'm loving this Vestron collection. Like I think it's amazing. And this movie, I I wasn't a fan of the movie, but they pack so many features in these Blu-rays. I mean, they're, they're seriously like Criterion collection movies, which is crazy because you have these kind of obscure 80s horror movies that you know, were pretty low budget and didn't do real well, but a lot of them have a cult following and they just they take so much time and care and to put into these a, uh, releases. Yeah. I love anyone that does this, you know, that treats it the same way. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to go into schlock or if you're going to go into horror or exploitation films or whatever, but you're going to be putting out Blu-rays like of the same quality as Criterion's. Yeah. Hell yeah. If we can I get mean, that across all genres, you know what I mean? That'd be fantastic. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. This is so the unholy. I think is the eleventh release in this Vestron collection. I have, I think, six of the eleven, and so, I mean, so far they're like all amazing, like top-notch stuff. So uh, let's see what else we have. The Belko experiment. I would probably skip that one. Wasn't a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, more anime. More anime. Nice. And that's that's pretty much it. We're done. <laughs> anime yeah assassination classroom i wonder i would like to take a look at the data for releases week to week anime and just see what the average is they said like seven titles a week oh my god i'd say it's at least 10 really 10 i would say so i mean just looking at this week alone you have one called magi the labyrinth of magi the sea prince and the fire child Origin, so Spirits of the Past, Go Shogun, The Time, Etranger, Etranger. And there's just, there's, there's so many. Then you have Fatal Fury, The Motion Picture, School, School Live or School Live, okay. Assassination Classroom Season 2, Doberman Cop. <laughs> That's not an anime. I don't, it, 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 Arrow's putting that out. Is that an anime? No. You just said Doberman Whoa, this is Detective Doberman, 1977. Yeah, this is it. But on the arrow, arrow's putting this on. It says Doberman Cop. This is a... This this looks awesome, actually. (laughs) This is is Sonny Chiba. Yeah, this 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 looks... looks, I don't know, I'm actually going to have to... Arrow's another one that we talk about a lot. Yeah, if you... Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just reading something here, and then you know someone's doing a review of Detective Doberman. And they're like, as with Wolf Guy, <laughs> there's there's something called Wolf Guy. Are you fucking kidding me? Hmm. This yep. says, there's oh, it's uh, Kinji Fukasaku directed this. Oh my god, there is a movie called Wolf Guy in huh. Rage Lycanthrope from 1975. It's an American-style crime movie that mixes gunplay and pulp fiction with martial arts and lowbrow comedy to create one of his most entertaining films. It is based on a manga. I want that. I want Wolf Guy. I still need a Calamity of Snakes. (laughs) Calamity of Snakes. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's a movie called Lady Battle Cop. I need that as well. Mm. I just need all these things. Uh, what's coming out on Criterion this week? Nothing as good as Wolf Guy or fucking Lady Battle Cop or Calamity of Snakes. All you got is Straw Dogs from Sam Peckinpah, 1971. Boring. And The Lodger, A Story of the London Fog from Hitchcock, 1927. I mean, none of those sound as exciting as Doberman Cop, Wolf Guy. Lady Battle Cop or Calamity of Snakes. Yeah. I'm also interested. I missed this one here. Nurse Sherry is coming out on Vinegar Syndrome. This is from 1978. A hospital nurse is possessed by an evil spirit and proceeds to kill off the hospital's patients. Oh, my God. I have to give that one a look, too. It's got a really awesome-looking cover. Very uh, exploitative cover. Cool. Oh, my goodness. There's some fun stuff coming out next week. Yeah, I kind of start collecting 
more of these vinegar syndrome and arrow releases because they're they're really good too there's a part of me that wants to just no offense to you know art house films and such but there's a part of me that just wants to just saddle into that and just watch those well yeah welcome to my life i i did that a few years back and haven't looked looked back ever since wolf cop uh all right wolf cop Cop. i think that's going to do it for today thank you so much for listening you can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net you can follow us on twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin if you have a minute take a look at our patreon page patreon.com slash filmpulse consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber for kevin rakestraw my name is adam patterson we'll see you next week